2020, episode 141. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, host of Eye on 2020, coming to you from the super hot state of North Carolina. Boy, it is sweltering the last couple of weeks out here. And uh, summertime is always rough in the South. I don't know if any of you guys have ever lived in the South before. South, I mean, I, I grew up in Florida, live in South Carolina. I travel all around North and South Carolina as well as Georgia for work sometimes. And, I mean, pretty much every day I'm out for work, sometimes I'm in Georgia, and it is just hot. I mean, the humidity's terrible, everything's just, I mean, it's 100 degrees with a heat index of 108 degrees. It is miserable, it's hard to even stand outside. I would hate to see how global warming will affect the self one day. I mean, if in fact this whole scenario is true, because it is just going to be unbearable to live here. But Canadians are going to love it, so... Uh, Canadians will love it because if they're about 60, 70, 80, in, you know, 60, 70, maybe 80 degrees as a high up in Canada most of the time, you know, they're going to enjoy some nice mild winters and stuff up there and longer growing seasons and so forth. But in the south, ooh, I'm just going to have to move because it is too hot. Uh, this, the great state of New Hampshire is sounding much nicer every single day becoming a part of that free state project you could look that up that is a group of like twenty thousand people that have signed on to the free state project that plan to move to new hampshire to try to influence things in a libertarian way so i think i talked about that on one of my shows in the past but man it is hot hot out today and uh, i've been out working and stuff and i just had to uh, sit down and do this show really fast because I just uh, I, I got some good news for you. I got some good information for you as well. But you know some of the things that I wanted to talk about. The first thing I want to talk about is the whole thing that's the the charade that's going on in Congress right now with this whole condemning Trump's tweets and it was a party line vote and all that stuff. But the first thing I want to do, guys, is just say hey, if you can, if you like what you hear, if you've listened to this show several weeks. And uh, you, you continue to come back and listen. Go ahead and do me a favor and subscribe to the show. That'll, uh, you know, make sure that you can hear the show tomorrow. And if you have been listening, it might even be nice if you guys would go ahead and give me a five star rating. You don't have to do the review; I don't mind. But a five star rating is always helpful. That helps me to get show it. You know, sh- have this show show up a little bit better in any of those algorithms that they talk about, where it's going to put my show in front of more and more people, especially people that are searching for libertarian podcasts. So if you like what you hear, you might as well, right? No, there's not. It's not too too hard. It only takes a few seconds. Just scroll on down there, hit that five star button if you if you really want to help me out. You could also give me a review, and that review I'll read it on the show. I've read every review that I've gotten on the show so far. So, uh, but I appreciate you listening. And you could also, if you want to, you could follow me at iontheempire.com and type in iontheempire on Minds, Twitter, and on Facebook. You can find me there as well. If you always like to communicate with people, 
and you're one of those people that just loves to send little notes here and there, you can do that right at iontheempire.com. And you can tell me what you're doing for the libertarian movement. You can just tell me about your show, your podcast, your website, whatever you do. Let me know about it. I'd love to go scrolling through your website or your, you know, listen to some of your podcasts and so forth. I, that's what I do all day. I listen to podcasts all day long while I'm working. And then when I'm done working, I make a podcast. So, boom, there we go. Uh, hey, guys, all this charade that is going on, though, in Congress with them talking about condemning Trump and they had this party line vote and all that. I guess four Republicans ended up voting to say, yes, we condemn Donald Trump and his racist tweets. And I did a show, I, I talked about that a little, little bit on the show yesterday. And I think people took him out of context in some way, but obviously it was not well said. And, you know, you could, you can make a case for racism. I, I, I think I did make a case for like the fact that it was clearly something that's hardly hardly defendable by anybody. Uh, but the thing that I wanted to talk about today specifically, though, is this. Congress and the people that are in Congress are intentionally trying to divide the country just as much as Donald Trump is politically trying to divide the country. All of the parties, both parties, the Republicans and the Democrats, they want division among the people. They want, Donald Trump wants to say divisive things in order to get his followers to push further towards him and push other people away in some ways. And the Democrats, they want the same thing. They have, it's all political pandering. One is trying to win the public argument over the other all the time. So they're always pushing extra hard is i mean it, it used to be where they would push a little bit and you, you you could hardly tell what's going on sometimes but in this situation in this divisive environment that we're in right now in washington they are just trying to win the public argument but if you look around our country people are not as divided as the congress makes it sound like they are the way that the press makes it sound like people are people are not that divided Black people walk with white people all the time. You don't see whites-only signs in windows. You don't see blacks-only signs in windows. And that is not because there's some law that says it. It's because business owners don't care. Money is green, and that's the only race that they care about is the green money. And that's it. Hispanics get along with white people in normal civilization just like black people get along with his Chinese people and Asian people, right? Like, it's just, there's not that much division within our country. But the politicians want you to think that there's this huge divide among people. But most people, all they want to do is put food on the table. All they want to do is be left alone. Some people have differing opinions on how that happens. That's true. Some people think that the government should do a little bit more, and some people think that the government should do a little bit less. But that's not, the people just go to work and they go home. They go on vacation and they do stuff. They take care of their kids, they go on dates, they go on dating apps. They're trying to get laid, they're trying to take their kids to the movies, whatever. That's what they're trying to do. They're just trying to live their lives. And the politicians are trying to be relevant. That's all they're trying to do. So they keep themselves in the news media constantly by having this divisive speech all the time. Donald Trump does it. He's a master of it. He's an absolute master of it. On Friday afternoon, almost guaranteed, 
every Friday afternoon there's going to be something that comes out that Donald Trump says that's stupid, that other people disagree with, and other people agree with it. And then there's more division to talk about on Saturday and Sunday and into Monday. And that's all it is. Same thing with the Congress. The Nancy Pelosi's, they're utilizing those four people that they're talking about. They're using those four girls, those four congresswomen, the freshman congresswomen, they're utilizing them as useful idiots in order to create more of a divide. That's what they're trying to do. So they're acting like they're standing up for these girls. They're acting like they are standing up for them and in the face of Donald Trump, the most powerful man on earth. But all that is, is it's a play. It's an act. It's something to make the politicians seem like they're relevant. To take your eyes off of the fact that they continue to take 15 to 50% of your income every single week out of your paycheck. It's an act to keep your eyes off the, uh, the thought that these people are inflating away your currency. Inflating away your savings. It's an act to get you to not realize that these people every single day are looking for ways to take more and more of your freedom away. More and more of your liberty away. To get you to not realize that we're living in a surveillance state. And it continues to get stronger and stronger. To get you to not realize that we're involved in wars all over the world. That's what they're trying to do. They have to keep the people's eyes on other things besides the things that they're doing. Because if the, if the truth got out, if people stopped thinking about racism and started thinking about murder of children in Yemen, most likely people would start thinking about those things and they would start demanding that our government takes action to stop those things. But they have to have... I mean, it's, it's, it's poppycock. It's just this idea that they have to have this news cycle managed with just the craziness that's going on in Washington. And one side saying that they're defending the little man and the other side saying that they're defending the little man and everyone in between is just trying to be relevant. And that's it. And that's it. But let's get on the real page and say this, because I said this in a libertarian group the other day. We all want to argue amongst each other and have this infighting when the real enemy is the state. The real enemy is... The federal government's overburdensome taxation, the wars that they have all over the world, and the fact that they're trying to confiscate more of your freedom and take away more of the freedom of the states and create a, a police state and a surveillance state that'll continue to take over. I mean, that's what they're trying to do. They'll continue to do that day in and day out until they get their way and they will keep this stuff in the news media so that the normal person that's watching Fox News, MSNBC, and CNN will remain silent to the terrible atrocities that our government is doing and worry about racism. When in reality, blacks, whites, Asians, Mexicans, Hispanics, minority groups, Jewish people, they get along just fine, despite government. And that's the fact. It's an absolute fact. In my neighborhood, we have people of all races and ethnicities. All races and ethnicities. I can't think of one. that I, I mean, 
maybe we don't have somebody who's from uh, Mongolia or something, but in my community we have races, all ethnicities, and the fact is, is none of us are out there holding a picket sign in front of our Asian neighbor saying, go home. None of us are sitting there in front of the African house burning crosses, telling them that they can't live in our neighborhood. But these politicians want you to think that that's the way it is in the world. And they'll find that one outlying situation that may make it seem like that's the case all over America, when the fact is that people just get along and they want to get along and they just want to come home, rest, relax, go back to work, and go on vacation every so often. That's pretty much it. Pretty easy, right? Some people don't even want to go on vacation ever. They just want to work. They just want to make money. They just want to enjoy their family. They just want to go out on dates with with girls or what I don't know. I mean, that's what just what they want to do. People get along. That's what that's how people are. So, let me go ahead and move on to some other stuff as well. I was hearing about this is a libertarian issue. So if you are Republican or Democrat, you've probably never heard of this guy before. But there's a libertarian candidate called Vermin Supreme who is running for political office right now or to for the presidency or for the libertarian nomination for president. Vermin Supreme is who he is. And he's a he's a comedian essentially, right? He's somebody that uses satire in order to make a statement, to make a point. And one of the things that he's saying is like, he's he's libertarian leaning, I guess, in some of his views. I've, I've heard an interview with him in the past and he said that he's like 60% or 70% libertarian and then other things he's, you know, maybe not so libertarian on, whatever. But one of the things that he says is free ponies for everybody and everybody should have mandatory toothbrushing, right? And that's a satirical thing that he's saying. He's just saying, you know, all these politicians are trying to hand out free stuff and uh, his idea is, well, if y'all are going to give all that, well, hey, I'm going to throw in free ponies also. And it's satirical and he's running for the libertarian candidacy on a satirical message. He's running to become the libertarian presidential nominee because he's a, he's a satirist and he wants to basically show the system for what it is in some ways and that is that all these people are just trying to promise, 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 and they never deliver. And I think there's some satir- satirical stuff that he's doing on the right as well. I haven't really heard that. But there, he's just trying to show what the political system is, which is just a bunch of people trying to get f- buy their ways into, into the offices that they're in, right? Um, I like the idea. I do. I don't think that it is the stage for the libertarian candidate, though. I don't think that it's going to... I think that what it'll do is it'll shed a light on the system, maybe, if he's even able to be taken seriously enough to get onto any news media, if he's taken seriously enough, if there was, like, a the potential to get into the debates, to get up on that debate stage with, like, the Donald Trump and the Democratic nominee, whoever that may be. If he's taken serious enough to do that, it might shine a light on that stuff, but I don't think that most people understand satire, I don't think a lot of people, most Americans, there's probably like, let's say there's 7 or 8% of Americans that are like, really into satire, and that's about it, 
but they won't i mean most of those people are not going to just going to vote for a libertarian just because that person is a satirical comedian by any means so i think it is more likely to turn way more people off to libertarian party like why would they run some stupid idiot like this than it would to be turning people on to the libertarian party as a messenger of liberty as a party that stands strong on liberty i mean if you look at the libertarian if you look at the platform of the libertarian party it's a libertarian platform it really is it's very similar to the way it started off in the past and if you i mean it has a few other items in there that we talk about you know in modern times i guess but if you look at all of the parts of the platform i've, I've read it multiple times it's a libertarian platform i mean it's it it talks about liberty it talks about individual responsibility it talks about the non-aggression principle even in some ways so I don't think that like a vermin supreme would be good for the fact that a lot of people have worked for a very long time to bring legitimacy to the libertarian party in some way now the libertarian party always goes with a Gary Johnson as everyone says and we need to go with somebody that's more I don't know more true to the libertarian principles that's fine i I, ag I agree with that in some way but do we do go full-fledged just satirical comedian because we want to make a point i've just heard a lot of people talking about this guy and i don't think that that's the right message for the libertarian party i don't think that's the right message on a national stage I think if he could become an independent in a run, I think that it would be very funny to watch him in that world as well. If he could raise the money to get himself into, you know, into a serious position. But would Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, where the normal people are, are reading or watching the news, are they really going to get in front of a, you know, is he really going to get in front of that type of national audience with a satirical comedy act? absolutely not absolutely not i just don't see it but you know what hey libertarians are known to shoot themselves in the foot i mean there's there's this irrational idea that we're going to become some kind of uh i mean if if you can just get somebody into office they could just take apart the entire government i mean I, I just don't see that i think it has to be a long drawn out process it has to be a progressive movement towards more liberty progress you have to make progress yeah hey that's a progressive statement i guess but you have to make progress towards more liberty rather than progress towards more government like the progressive people wanted i mean these people that talk about being progressives all they want is more government for everything they want the government to take over everything and they can't think of a th single thing that the government should not have its hands in whether you pee at three o'clock or five in the afternoon they think they, they they would want to have control over that, I'm sure. That's just the way that they are. The government should have control over everything. Well, no, I'm talking about progressing towards more liberty. It has to be a game of inches. We need to take every inch we can get and not give another inch. And it needs a constant fight. It needs a constant battle. But we're on like the 99.99 yard line with that many yards to go till we get a touchdown. We're nowhere near there right now. So you get somebody into the Libertarian Party, you know, running for the presidency. 
that is the nominee, that person has to have some kind of political appeal and mass appeal, some kind of name recognition, but has to have the message as well. Gary Johnson did not have the message. In 2012, I think he did a little bit better than in 2016, but he got onto a national stage that he was not ready for in 2016, where he did not have the same stage in 2012 and the reason why is because it was Mitt Romney versus Obama like it was two relatively serious candidates that people eh, generally liked I mean Republicans complained that Romney was too was a rhino and Democrats said that maybe Barack Obama wasn't progressive enough I don't know but I mean generally people liked him and they were two party guys right but you have 2016 where you have Donald Trump and you have Hillary Clinton, the third parties really thought that they had a chance during that election. They did. And and Gary Johnson got thrown onto this main stage. He had William Weld. You know, this was like their libertarian dream team. Two former govern, governors who governed in a libertarianish kind of way. In a fiscal responsible way. In a social, you know, socially concert or socially liberal fiscally conservative like that was their message that's what they called their libertarian message was their fiscally conservative and socially liberal i don't agree with that type of message i don't agree that that's what libertarians are but it resonated with people in some way both of these if you look at both these governors their records yes they were libertarianish leaning Republicans, right? They were governors that did things that were libertarianish for their states. So like that was considered the dream team. So that was what happened was Gary Johnson gets thrown into 2016 with a much larger platform than he had in 2012 and he failed. He utterly failed. He did not have a good message. And we knew that. The guy sounds like a a babbling idiot sometimes when he talks. He sounds like me in my first 10 podcasts. Worse than that sometimes, you know? That's how Gary Johnson is. And we knew that. I mean, William Weld probably would have been a better spokesperson for the... I don't know. I, I doubt that, actually. I, now that I'm reflecting on that idea. I don't think that William Weld would have been because he seemed like he was for Hillary Clinton. He just did not want Brock... Or, or excuse me. He just did not want Donald Trump to get elected. So he started basically campaigning for Hillary Clinton at the end which was absolutely terrible but that's because they thought that somehow Hillary might or that Donald Trump might actually win so he started saying all that uh, like saying that you know Hillary would be the best candidate of the two and da 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 never said oh yeah you should vote for the third party you should vote for the libertarians so he wouldn't have been a good spokesman I think Gary Johnson truly thought that he can get a lot of the vote that he can be somebody that can get some of the electoral college votes. I think he really did think that, especially in New Mexico. And it would have been a game changer. It really would have been. But if the Libertarian Party wishes to proceed further and ride that wave, you have another situation now where you might have Donald Trump versus Bernie Sanders. How focused can the Libertarians be at that point? To say, we are totally different than those two. We have Donald Trump who is, you know, he's just the guy that 
wants to always cause controversy and he is very divisive he's very divisive that's i mean that's that's his mo that's what he wants to do that's his desire because it helps him to get more votes it helps him to get his people behind him even more and then you might have a bernie sanders who's like a a kook socialist that wants to overthrow the constitution and just implement as much communism as possibly can if you really get to his heart that's how he is i mean the guy lived in a commune in vermont back in the 60s come on so let's be honest and say if that was the case if you had those two running for the presidency representing their parties you can have somebody like a serious candidate start running and get some votes possibly because our job is to slowly pull apart the system our job is to slowly reveal from people's eyes the fact that the two-party system is broken the two-party system is a hoax and the two-party system is there to work against the american people that's what we can slowly reveal them over time 2020 2024 in the smaller elections around the country we just need to get our people out there to act so no we don't need a vermin supreme but you know what i'm not saying the guy won't do a great job i don't know i've heard him speak he seems eloquent when he talks the guy is smart he knows he knows the platform or the party in some ways he says he agrees with 70 percent of it that's fine whatever you know and you listen to the guy talk he seems like he is an intelligent guy he has a high iq i'm sure I just don't think that the time for joking about the party is then. You know, I just don't think that's going to draw Americans to look at their libertarian party as a in, a in a positive light. I think it'll make the people look at it in a negative light. So if we're going to want somebody that's going to make people look at the libertarian party in a more positive light, you're going to need somebody that knows the libertarian positions very well that understands how to communicate the message effectively way better than Gary Johnson would have, of course. And then at that point is able to stay focused at that national level. That can get onto those news outlets where they're going to have lots of people look at them and, and then make people think twice about whether they should be voting for the Republicans or the Democrats. That's what you're going to need. That person will be on that stage. That person maybe not won't get onto the debate stage. That's been kind of jerry-rigged where they're never going to be able to get on that stage because of the way that the Democrats and Republicans control the debate process. But that person will be able to get into you know, Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, onto the morning shows on Sunday people pay attention to those things especially during election time so i think it's important that we as libertarians will have somebody like that one of those people on the that there's talking about is justin amash that i know the libertarian party is courting him now to get him to run that could be somebody good i i haven't looked at everything about the guy but i know that he's anti-war i know that he's very fiscal response fiscally responsible i know that he's called donald trump out on this on these wars and all the, on these actions in Saudi Arabia and so forth, that's positive stuff. If I agree with him on 95% of the things, I am not going to fight him on those other 5% of the things. I will not. 
if I agree with somebody on 70% of things, I am not going to fight them on the other 30%. I'm not. I'm going to try to build coalitions with them. I think Scott Horton on the Scott Horton show was talking about that the other day with some of the reporters that he interviews. He interviews these reporters that clearly he disagrees with on a lot of things. You can tell when they're talking and he starts talking about libertarian ideals and so forth. Clearly these, you know, sometimes he gets challenged on those things. And I don't think that he, he doesn't dig too far in to try to challenge them further too much because he knows that you need to have those allies. You need to have those people that are going to be just as anti-war as you, even if they disagree on other matters like domestic policy, even if they disagree on the reason why you should be anti-war. And he 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 knows that. I mean, that's the, that's the most that's the most wise thing you can be is realize that when there's five percent that you disagree with someone on, or forty nine percent of things that you disagree with people on, you know what? The 51% that you do agree with them on is the most important. And you don't fight them on those things. You might be able to change their mind down the road on that other 5% or another 48% that you guys disagree on. But for the time being, build those coalitions. We're moving liberty forward, guys. That's what we're doing. We're moving liberty forward and that's it. That's it. So are we going to sit there and bicker and argue over if that someone's libertarian enough for you. I don't think that's the best policy to have. I don't. And I will continue to say that day in and day out. I hear, I mean, I, I, I listen to multiple podcasts, and I hear people from the very far anarchist side, anarchist libertarian side, right over to the, you know, the minarchist and the, I guess you call them the conservatarian side, right? There's one, the Whitfield Report. The guy calls himself a, a conservatarian. And, you know, he's, he's, he believes in anti-war. He believes, like, there's certain things. He, he's a pro-Trump guy. He loves Trump, it sounds like to me, in some ways. But when I listen to this show, you know, I'm not going to sit there and fight him on those little things that, he, that, he, that I disagree with him on. Because the fact is, is that we're all trying to push liberty forward. Same thing with the politicians. I hate politicians. I can't stand politicians. But if they're trying to move liberty forward, I'm not going to fight them on that. If I disagree with Rand Paul on a few things, that's not that big of a deal. At least he's the one that'll stand up against domestic spying. At least he's the one that'll stand up against the wars in Yemen. At least he'll stand up and call the president out when he's doing something wrong. And he'll call the Democrats out when they're doing something wrong also. At least they'll do that. It's better than the other ones that just go lockstep with their party whether it's right or wrong, every single time, at least they're trying to move liberty forward, and that is a good thing. That is a good thing. Why don't you do that? Why don't we just stop bickering amongst each other about who's going to build the roads, and if the if you know we're libertarian enough, and let's start building coalitions that are going to lead towards pro- progressive change towards liberty. I hate to use the word progressive, but progressing towards liberty. That's what we're doing. We're on the 99.999 yard line. Let's get to the, let's get halfway there. 50 yard line. Boom. Let's get 10 more yards. Let's figure out a way to get three yards so we can give our quarterback some breathing room to get to the 10 yard line and get that first down. That's what we should be doing, guys. 
That's what we should be doing. So, guys, I appreciate you listening to the show. Keep on coming back every day. You can do that by subscribing, all right? And uh, come on back tomorrow. This is Ion 2020, and you'll have clear vision for 2020.